Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Genesis chapter 32, and let's go before the Lord. Father, come on, make this personal. Speak to me this morning. I'm asking, Father, that you would release your timely word, that we would have ears to hear what your spirit is saying. And I'm asking that, Lord, that you would send an anointing even now that will bring great freedom, great clarity. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would anoint me as I preach your word and I teach your word, and I pray that you will hear, uh, anoint the, the ears of the listeners today. Father, let it be sown on good ground, and let it, let it produce 30, 60, and 100-fold harvest today, and help us understand the process of maturity that you're taking all of us through, and we welcome that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen for that strong amen. Genesis 32, verse 22, I want you to... to to read with me, I'm going to read in the New King James. After today, you'll be able to have access to those uh, screens back there. They're going to be catty-cornered for your, for your more easier following through. And Jacob arose that night. Now, I want you to hear with this prophetic eye today. If I'm asking, no distractions. Uh, make sure that you are connecting because, after all, you got dressed to go to church. Amen. So let's be, let's be focused. He arose that night and he took his, his two wives, his two female servants. And I want you to listen to this. It's not going to make too much sense in the beginning, but it will at the end. And his 11 sons, this is talking about Jacob. And he crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent them over what he had. Now watch this. Jacob was left alone. Say, Jacob was left alone. And then a man, this is significant that the scripture says a man. Many theologians have declared that this man is a theophonic a manifestation of Jesus himself. What does the, theophonic mean? Uh, 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 it means a manifestation of a deity. Okay, So basically there's many theologians that says this man that appeared to Jacob was actually Jesus himself appearing to or the Lord himself appearing uh, to Jacob. Now, some call it the angel of the Lord. Okay. So a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. This is significant. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail, okay, against him, the angel of the Lord, or the Lord himself, touched the socket of Jacob's hip. Now, I want you to get this picture. They're wrestling in the middle of the night suddenly, and the Lord strikes the hip of Jacob, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Imagine that. And he said, let me go. Now, guess who's saying let me go? It's not Jacob. You would think Jacob is saying let me go. I would be the one saying let me go. It's the Lord saying let me go because he's wrestling with him. For the day breaks, but Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Oh, come on, Jesus. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, the Lord said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God. Let that sink in. You've struggled with God. I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit here. You've struggled, wrestled with God and, you, and with man, and you have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask me my name? Watch this. And he blessed them there. And now, by the way, here's proof that this, was, this, this wrestling match was not just a figurative thing, because look at the next verse. It was the Lord. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen, say that word, God 
next verse, face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over the canal, the sun rose on him. Now, look at me. In modern times that we are living in, there's a constant struggle in our lives to the connection between who we really are and who we betray ourselves to be before others. There's a constant struggle in our life between who we really are on the inside versus the image we want everybody to know about us. Come on, say amen. And, and there's a phenomenon in the modern day culture that almost proves this. You know what that phenomenon is called? The selfie. Now, not all people that do selfies are trying to portray something different. They may be portraying, I'm a gangster. Or, I'm having a good day today. And you know that there's a statistic that I read the other day that I couldn't believe? They say that there's over one million selfies taken a day in the world. That's a lot of us. That's a lot of self. That's a lot of me. Come on, somebody. There's a, over a million selfies per day taken by people that are grocery shopping saying, I'm on aisle eight. Bam. <laughs> There's other nastier ones that I'm not, we can't say at church. But anyways, while they're, anyways, in the bathroom and, sorry. <laughs> Edit. Anyway, listen, so, uh, listen, so. Why do I say that? It's because in our culture, it's hard to separate our need for me first and culture that dictates me first and, uh, and, and, and the true identity of what's happening inside of us versus who we want people to be. There's a constant struggle for image in society today. There's a constant struggle of, of knowing who you are when no one's looking versus who you are when everyone's looking. There's always that inner struggle. And in my opinion, no other story in Scripture depicts the dichotomy or the struggle or the wrestle that we all have in life through our pain, the wrestle that we have through our uncertainties, and the, and the character that God is trying to put in us and the things that, try, that God is trying to put out of us than the story of Jacob. Because prophetically, this is a story, prophetically, of a wrestling match, watch this, that God initiated, and I want to share this more, you'll understand at the end, to bring maturity, healing, growth, and the necessary changes in Jacob's life. You have to understand that Bible characters are real people. Can I hear an amen? And it's encouraging to see uh, uh, and review Bible characters and then match them up to our real life. Because uh, instinctively, when this wrestling match happened, Jacob did not know who the, the person he was wrestling with. The Bible says a man appeared and wrestled with him. But as, watch this, as the wrestling match began to go all night, he instinctively knew that this was from the Lord. And not only was it from the Lord, though it was painful, that process, he needed that wrestling in his match because he was denying things that the Lord or rejecting things that the Lord was trying to get him for years. And in this wrestling, wrestling match, God was shaping and healing emotions, mindsets, things of the past, things that were happening to them, and instilling the purposes of God. And, the, and a reality of surrender to Jacob. He was taking him into a place of not only surrender, 
but he was also taking him to a place of complete trust in the Lord. I'm here to tell you there's things in life because some of us uh, are, are, God has to initiate re- several wrestling matches because some of us, if you're like some of us, we're strong-willed. And sp- strong-willed personalities, strong-willed people, even if you're passive, God wants to shake everything that's not from him out of you and instill the fruit of the Spirit, which is hard sometimes, in you. Why? So you could relate to people in a godly way. And sometimes, here's what wrestling is. There's many ways for us to grow. For us to grow. I talked two weeks ago about the Lord using trials to grow us. Of course, the Lord grows us through His Word. Of course, the Lord grows us and matures us through the things we go through. But a turbo, a turbo fast course, uh, course on growing up is sometimes needed for people who keep doing their own thing. And because of God's great love for you, he'll get in a wrestling match with you. A spiritual one. Listen to me. Because of his great love for you, he will quicken the process and say, you know what, I'm going to roll up my sleeve and I'm going to deal with that area in you that you have not talked about anybody about when you're by yourself. And so he shapes character and he shapes uh, uh, healing in the heart and mind. And A lot of times what draws us to that wrestling is not just for us to grow up. What draws us or causes us to the Lord to initiate that wrestling match is the the painful things that you're currently going through in your life. Because that painful, frustrating thing that you're going through drives you to a place where God could finally get your attention. Now watch. This is not the first time that Jacob was wrestling. Jacob was wrestling all his life with issues. Jacob was wrestling with, there's a lot of people in this room today that have been wrestling with issues all their life. And you just can't seem to break it. There's a pattern that keeps going on in your life, and you get free for six months, and you get back, and then you get free for another year, and then another th- situation happens, and you have to realize this. Uh, you, 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 you don't, I was doing some study, and you would think, oh, this is just a baby Christian. Do you know that the age of Jacob when this wrestling match happened? He was about 97 years old. I'm going to share something with you throughout this scripture because 20-some-odd years later, when he was 77 years old or so, this is where all this need for the wrestling started. I'm gonna, it's going to make sense in a second. But... Jacob was wrestling when he was in his mother's womb. Those of you who know the scripture know what I'm talking about. If you, just for the sake of time, Genesis chapter um, 25, watch this now. God is committed to the case of shaping character in you. And sometimes he's willing to get in a corner to wrestle you spiritually, even though it may be painful because he has a purpose involved. To get you to a place out of independence and to a place of dependence. I'm going to share that in a second. Now look, just for a second time, in the NLT, Genesis chapter 25. If you look at verse 22, here is uh, the first time we see uh, Jacob wrestling inside the womb. Now, this is significant and prophetic. In verse 22, once he was in the womb uh, with uh, Rebekah, his, his mom, and of course his dad is Isaac. The Bible says in the NLT, but the two children struggled within her womb. Other translations say they tossled. 
Could you imagine a wrestling match happening with two boys in the, in the womb? Can you imagine what the mom was felt like? I mean, it was like literally a wrestling match. No, I'm going first. No, you're going first. No, I'm going first. No, no, I'm going. you're not going to go out first with me. I'm going to go out first. You know why? Because in Hebrew times, the firstborn had rights and privileges that were greater than the other children. Not that God loved them more. It's the firstborn had firstborn inheritance rights. So whoever in the Old Testament was born was a firstborn in the children of Israel would get permanent blessings released to them by their fathers. Come on, say amen. Well, the significant because in this me world, we're always trying to promote us first. Come on. We're trying to promote self first. We're trying to promote our views first. You guys ain't talking back to me. You guys are trying to say the last word first. You're trying to get your point across. You're trying to, and in our selfish modern day world, it's hard to have a God first reality when we live in a me first world. It's instinctive to have a me first world. You say, how do you know? We were born with a me first world. Why? You, you, if you don't believe me, just study and look at a baby or a child. You don't have to train a baby to say, mine, mine, mine. You don't have to t- get them in a the corner like, I want you to be selfish. And I want you to say, mine. But you do have to most likely train someone to say, please. That, that, you don't do that. You say, please. Mine. Because by nature, we all want me first. And me first is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is actually the opposite. The opposite is that in order for you to live, you got to die. In order for you to receive, you got to learn how to be a consistent giver. In order for you to go up, you got to go down. In order for you to be first, you got to be last. Jesus said... Though many in that day that are first shall be last, come on, man, come on, man, and everyone that's last shall be first. But what's your motive? Is your motive to be first? Is your motive to be seen? Or is your motive to be fast? God, fat, last, not fast. Last. Do you know what the Bible says? If you have the proper channeling and the proper molding in your life and you stay low, with the, not trying to be seen, not trying to promote your agenda, not trying to promote your ministry. If Christ is lifted up, he'll cause all men to draw to himself. He didn't say if you were lifted up. He didn't say if your ministry is lifted up. He didn't say if your talent is lifted up. I wasn't expecting to preach this morning, but I guess I am. He said, many that are first shall be last because of their motive. Why you want to be on stage? Why you want to preach? Why you want to get to that, next to that man of God or that woman of God? Why do you want to get uh, next to that person who has a lot of money? Come on, say amen. What's your motive? And so the Bible says in verse 24 of Genesis, in that, in, in, in that uh, previous scripture 25, are you following me? Are you following me? And when the time came to give birth, Rebecca discovered that she indeed had twins. The first one was very red at birth. Man, we got a red eye here. And watch this, covered with thick hair and fur coat. Could you imagine a baby coming out like a, like a fur coat? You don't know if you're like, oh, look how cute he is. Filled with hair. He was hairy from the top of his head to the sole, to the sole of his feet. All hair. Okay? It was fur. Now watch this. Watch, watch, watch. Look at this initial, instinctive, born nature of me first. Then the other twin was born, and as, the, as Esau was coming out, the other twin 
grabbed the heel. Watch this. Grabbed the hand, grasping Esau's heel as they were coming out the womb. Oh, you know, you ain't coming first. And as Esau was coming out the womb and the body was coming out, they were like, there's a hand grabbing that heel. And at the same time, they came out, Esau came out first, but Jacob came out grabbing the heel. Now watch, this is going to be prophetic. This is going to be good. Why do you say that story, Pastor George? Because they named him Jacob. Say Jacob. Now this is very key. Woo! They named him Jacob not because they looked at a name dictionary book and say, what should we call this guy? They named him Jacob because they said, boy, he's a trickster. He's a little deceiver. You look at how he's trying to get that that heel and bring him down. Let me tell you something instinctively in Jacob had a me first mentality. Do you know what the name Jacob means in Hebrew? It means heel grabber. It means supplanter. And another translation means deceiver or trickster. Why is that significant to you and I? Because he was named by an action that happened before he was born. That's why we got to be careful who we allow name us because when we allow those people to name us when we're in the womb and label us while we're living, it will be self-fulfilling prophecies of what we're ending up doing because there's a name that's been attached to us that you're dumb and you're stupid and you're a deceiver. And guess what? We have to be careful who we allow name us and label us because we will be fulfilling prophecies of the names and the words been spoken over our life. You say, I don't believe that. If you follow Jacob's life, the name that was tagged on him became a reality in his life. He started deceiving everybody. He, start, he started being a trickster and a con. And, and he's and he start, starting to, and earlier in those, in, when the brothers were born, he said, hey, Esau, I know you're hungry. Listen, look, what, what kind of a brother is this? I know you're starving. Listen, I'll make you some food. Just give me your birthright. I'm going to trick you. You and I are, are byproducts of words that have been spoken over you. And therefore, there has to be a wrestling match sooner or later between you and God because God is committed to building his nature, not your nature, in you. And that reality and that process hurts sometimes because there's a difference between God calling you and the process it takes for you to become that which he spoke out of his mouth for you to be. There's a pro- say process. So he's a deceiver. Uh, he's a supplanter. And, we, and, 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 and all these things are happening in Jacob's life to almost fulfill. Watch this. Please hear me. This is incredible. The words that were spoken when he was in the womb. Could you imagine calling your daughter, hey, deceiver, come over here. Hey, deceiver junior, come over here. We love you. It's time to get your bed. We laugh, but we say it all the time by how we speak to people, by how we expect things from people. Even expectations, will t- if you leave them on you, you'll start trying to live for them instead of for, for, for who God created you to be. You have to understand that you cannot afford to be anybody else other than God created you to be. 
Because if you say, well, you need to do it like this, and you need to, you need to calm down more, Pastor George. No, this is who God created me to be. I can't be you, and you can't be me. Let me tell you, that is an insult to the image of God when we try to be other people. So a wrestling match had to happen, and I'll tell you why. Because when I, listen, let's talk about Jacob. When I think of Jacob, and you study his life, I, I, can't, I can't help but to think about this video on the, uh, I mean, on the Sesame Street when I was a kid. You, got, you guys remember Sesame Street? Come on. You act like you're all spiritual. Sesame Street is the bomb. Come on. When I was a little kid, <laughs> she's like, amen. <laughs> when I was a little kid, I remember this, this story, uh, this video, uh, this show that would come on on Sesame Street, and it would be like four different kids and in four different boxes. They're like, one of these kids is doing their own thing. One of these things. I don't know. Remember that? And it says, one of these things, these kids are, now it's time to play our game. And what happened is they would see, they would see uh, uh, like three boxes of people uh, of, of doing, their, uh, doing something dissimilar, and then one dude doing something completely different. And it was like the oddball of the fact, you all know Sesame Street, come on. Come on, Zach, Zach, help them out, help, help them out. Help, help them out, come on, let, let, me, let me, put that up there, put that up. This is what I think about Jacob, watch. Here we go. Three of these kids belong together. Three of these kids are kind of the same. Put it up, put it up. But one of these kids is doing his own thing. Now it's time to play our game. It's time to play our All game. Right. All right, stop it, stop it. <laughs> you have three kids. You can turn it off now. You have three kids doing the same thing and one like throwing football. And I can't help to think, when I think of Jacob... And I think of the holy uh, lineage that he came out of and the patriarchal uh, covenant that God gave them forever. He would call himself, ready, as the God of Abraham, Isaac, come on, this is going to make you happy, and Jacob. Wait, 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 the, the, the misfit, the deceiver, the con man, the, the, the trickster. He said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and also Jacob. And when I see that, I'm thinking, there's one of these kids is doing their own thing. You know, I'm thinking, I, uh, Jacob doesn't uh, kind of belong in the pedigree and the characteristics of Abraham and Isaac. Then you got Jacob. He's tricking everybody. Getting people's birthright, tricking them here, a, 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 a con and, and, and a schemer. But yet... God knows that deep down inside, he was a child of promise, and even though he got something by mistake, it was all part of the plan. I'm here to tell you, God sees you better than anybody else sees you. <laughs> come on, come on, say amen. Come on, say amen. Have you, have you ever seen God bless someone? Oh, can I preach a little bit? Have you ever seen God bless someone or show his favor on someone or, or you someone that, you, that just did not belong in your eyes in that place? Have you ever, have you ever, don't look at me like that, don't be like, hey, you. Have you ever seen God use someone or show his favor on someone that you felt you needed to get on your knees and tell God a few things that he didn't know about that person? You all looking at me, but you did it last night, no, just 
Lord, come on, how, how in the world do you know God? See, we laugh, but that's what we do in our hearts. God's like, God is not really seeing what I see. Do you re- think about that pride in you? When you are telling an all-knowing God some of the flaws that you glaringly see as if God didn't see that. God knew that what Jacob was. Come on, somebody. God knew who Jacob was. He didn't dismiss it. But watch this. Watch this. This is key. He did not dismiss it. And you know why I know he dismissed it? Because he engaged in a wrestling match with him. If he would have dismissed it, he would have been like, fine, that's fine. Let him go. And he would be almost accused of having a double standard. How can you allow this? Listen, there was a reason for the wrestling match. Because God needed to pop his bubble. Let me tell you. Some of the times, the hardest times that you will shape Christ-likeness is when you keep bucking and bucking his process till he finally needs to say, okay, it's time. Now I want you to see this. I found a secret because I'm glad that Jacob made it to this lineup. Because if Jacob can make it to this lineup, there's room for everybody in this room. And I found a secret. Are you ready? Are you ready? I found a secret... Of how God matures and how God molds and how God shapes people's lives many ways. But one of the fastest and most effective ways, are you ready for this? That God shapes you and molds you and trains you and matures you. Is that he takes you out of the crowd and gets you by yourself into your alone. The Bible says that Jacob was left alone. Oh. And then, oh, look at this order. Jacob was left alone, and then a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. I'm here to tell you, when God really gets ready to work you over, he will take you out of the crowd so that you will stop being codependent on your friends. You'll be stop codependent on your pastor. You'll stop being codependent on your family, and it will take you out of, listen, out of the crowd and by yourself to deal with that part of you that you deal with when no one's looking. And the Bible says Jacob was left alone. That means he wasn't alone. He was left alone. That means there were people already there by him. And because God is a jealous God, he allowed people to move away. When God gets ready to work you over, expect people to just be away. Not because they're mad at you. Not because you're a curse. It's because there's a plan from God. Because he doesn't want you wrapped around in the identity of your best friend to get the glory for your deliverance. Because, because when you get your deliverance and you're by yourself and you wrestle with God, you're not going to say, if it wasn't for Susie that was with me, you're not going to say, if it was for Joe that was with me, you're going to say, if it wasn't for God that was with me, I would have I lost my mind. But if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for God, do you understand that Jacob had to be left alone? You know why? Are you ready for this? Because God will bring you into isolation. I know that sounds like a bad word. To give you revelation. Mm -mm. I said God will bring you into, listen, please hear me now. Isolation to give you revelation. You know what that's called in the modern time? The secret place. 
The secret place is being left alone, sometimes on purpose, because he's trying to get your attention. He's like, I'm at the secret place, and you're trying to hide in a corporate setting and smiling on the outside and hurting on the inside. But there's something that I want to do with you that's going to hurt. I want to roll up my sleeves when no one is watching so you won't pretend or act like you're anybody else. And I need you to be by yourself for a, for a season because other people have become idols before me. Be- Because you're going to them for your first advice instead of coming to me before your first advice. Because some of you are so used to having godly counsel around you that you have skipped the first process. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all things shall be added to you. He's trying to get you to the secret place because he's in the secret place. He who dwells in the secret place. In the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You cannot get all those benefits of Psalm 91 without first being in the secret place. And sometimes pain drives you to the secret place. Sometimes he's been trying to get, you see, because some of us, we don't go to the secret place when everything's doing good. So there's character issues that pop up and frustration and depression. And God says, okay. I'm in the ring, and I'm waiting for you. And I'm going to allow people to move away. I'm going to allow people to, to distance from you for a season so I can have you by myself. And Jacob was left alone. Then a man wrestled. My God. It was after he was left alone that the man says, I'm ready for you now. You can't pretend anymore. You can't pretend and, and hide behind your gifting anymore. Ooh, that would preach right there. You can't, behind, you can't hide behind your gifts anymore, Jacob. I'm here to wrestle you. And, you, and, and I want to say this in love. Please hear me to me. For, 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 a, for a season or a, for a short time, I apologize to this generation of young people as a preacher, as a pastor. Because for the most part, you've heard about a blessing God, and he is a blessing God. And for the most part, you've heard about a healing God, and he is a healing God. And for the most part, you've heard about a miracle-working God, and he is a miracle-working God. But he's also a wrestling God. See, that's not a lot of amens because you don't like the process of wrestling. You're like, amen, I don't want that. No, no, no. If you read the story entirely, you see the end of the story, what happened after the wrestling. And I'm going to get there in just a minute. Because there's a process that had to do. He was so stubborn that it took all night, Harvest, all night, wrestling with God. Could you imagine that? Nope, I'm not going to do it. No, no, no. Let that go. Let that person go. Who hurt you? No, I'm not going to let him go. I'm not going to let him go. Forgive that father that hurt you. No, 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 no. He did me wrong. Forget that friend. Forgive that person that was close to you and wounded you emotionally. No, 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 no. Do you see what they did? No, you better get them, Lord, before you get me. Convict them. Convict them. Convict them first. Nope, nope, the process is not over with you because you're still me first, me first, me first. And I got to wrestle with you because if I don't wrestle with you, you're going to be so prideful and think you could do all this by yourself. So what you have to do, I have to do. <laughs> is, is, is touch your, your hip so that you have no option but to lean on me. <laughs> Listen, even if I wanted to walk... With a hip out of joint, I'll fall. So now I'm forced to cling on him. Now, now I'm forced to cling on someone that I thought was doing me harm, but he was doing me good the whole time. 
He was doing me good the whole time because he was wrestling the angry nature out of you. You know what he does when you're by yourself and he gives you revelation? Revelation of who you are and revelation of who God is. <laughs> revelation of who you are and revelation of who God is. You know why? Because some of you are blaming everybody for your character flaws. That's why he has to get you out of the crowd and get you by yourself because you're blaming your parents for your anger problem. You're blaming your spouse. You're blaming your coworker. You're blaming your friends. Come on, somebody. You're blaming your pastor. You're blaming your, you're, you're blaming your, 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 your brother. You're, you're blaming your boss for your anger problems. And God says, there is, it's not the boss that's the cause of your anger problem. It's not the pastor. It's not your spouse. And it's not your job. It's you. And I have to take you out of the crowd for you to realize that to give you revelation. Isolation, sometimes if it's birthed by the enemy, is destructive. But when isolation is initiated by the Lord, it's because a purpose to shape you in that fire. And I heard the Holy Spirit say this morning, tell my people not to say no to what I'm saying yes to. I need the worship team to come up here. I feel the Holy Spirit here. God is committed to wrestling with you so that you won't have anybody else's reputation attached to you. You know, when people look at you, who do they see? Do they see, oh, that's so-and-so's friend? Or, 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 they, or, they, or they're hooked up with that ministry? Or they, I'm glad that, that they do. But do they see other people more than they do Jesus of you? Let me just be really blunt. Some of you need to learn, ready, this is going to hurt a little bit, but it's good, how to think for yourself, how to pray for yourself. Instead of saying, where's my best friend, what do you think about this? Because he's, a, he, please hear me with a, with a pure heart. Your best friend or your best leader or your best family member, they are human too. And if they're going through something in that season, when you ask them to, them, their advice and their counsel will be filtered through their pain to you. But no, you don't understand. This person is a man of God. I'm sure he is. No, this person is a woman of God. I'm sure he is. She is. But she or he is a human being that has real issues too. I'm not saying don't go to your friend for counsel. I'm not saying to not, to not have godly friends. What I'm saying is don't let them replace who you are and don't let them subliminally have an identity in your life. You have to have the identity of the Lord. Why do I say that? Because all his life, he, Jacob, was a deceiver because he was a name deceiver. And it took a wrestling match for God to say, what's your name? Listen to this. Listen to this. God has a way of shaping you and raising you up without asking your opinion or other people's opinions about you, about him. God has a way of raising somebody up without, without talking to your committee, without meeting with your board, without meeting with your boss, without talking to your parents. I'm going to raise that person up. And you may not like that person, but God loves you and he loves the other person. There is a wrestling going on between who you really are and what you're portraying for others to, to, to see you. There's a wrestling going on that some of you are, are being initiated by God because of the installation of fruits of the Spirit in you that sometimes is hard for, for you because you're, you have not been repentive or you have not been uh, submissive. So he initiates the wrestling match. 
Bible says he went all night. Watch this. Until the breaking of day. I like to call it this way. Until there's a breakthrough in your life. Can I be honest with you? The times I've I have wrestled with God is because I've had pain emotionally from what other people have said about me or talked about me or did to me. And that's, you know, but watch this. And God uses that pain to drive me to a place where I'm by myself. And I cry out to God. Not too long ago, I was wrestling with something. And I was in my bed. And as I was wrestling, in my dream, I was wrestling with this relational hurtful conflict. And when I woke up, I said, I bless them. My, I was mumbling in my, in my sleep, I bless them, I bless them. And then when I woke up the third time, I said, I bless them. And I called them by name. Well, when I said, I bless them. It was like the Lord just lifted off that thing from me. Bless those who curse you. Speak, speak kind to those who, to, who, who, who purposely try to injure you or unintentionally try to injure you. Bless them. Bless them. That's the Beatitudes. That's the Sermon on the Mount. That's how our attitude should be. When you bless those who hurt you, it discombobulates the power of the enemy that he has over you. The enemy goes, I can't touch that anymore. You bless them. You forgive them. And you move on. But it takes a wrestling. It takes a wrestling for you to get there. It takes a wrestling. Sometimes, this is a, a word that's not preached anymore in churches. It takes repentance. Repent, I'm going to say it again. Repentance from pride. Repentance from thinking you're the only one in this fight. Repentance that maybe you didn't hurt anybody either. Because it's all about us. It's all about me. But God is committed to the case. Come on. And he's saying, whatever it takes for me to instill my character in you, whatever it takes for me to instill my nature in you, if you don't want it this way, then I'm going to be waiting for you in the ring. Some of you, the wrestling match is because you just, God, I'll just be very honest, you've just been a little stubborn. To others of you, pain is driving you there. Maybe you're not stubborn, but there's wounds and that, that's drawing you. But all, whether it's stubbornness, whether it's taking things out of you, whether it's pain, it's all drawing you to the same place, alone with God. So that a man can start wrestling with you. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit. Wrestle what's been spoken over you since you were in your mother's womb, Jacob. I'm going to close with this to prove my point. Do you realize the timing of the wrestling match? I saved the best for last. You say, what caused the wrestling match? Are you ready? With Jacob. Why was there suddenly a man appearing? It's just God, I'm going to prove it to you. Everything that I just said, I'm going to prove that there's a reason that a man was waiting and, and, and caused people to leave Jacob so he could wrestle with him. Because 21 odd, some odd years before... The wrestling match. Hear me, everyone. He was about 77 years old. And Jacob and Esau 
were by their parents' side. Esau was the firstborn, so he deserved the first right blessing. He was the firstborn. So by Hebrew law, by Hebrew tradition, Esau was supposed to get a, watch this, permanent blessing that no matter what was spoken, that blessing would be permanent for the rest of his life and for the rest of their destinies, their future generations. Now Esau was hairy, as you remember, but he also was a hunter, very skilled hunter. So he would go to the fields and he would hunt food and he was a hunter and Jacob stayed, the Bible says, in the tents. In other words, he was a mama's boy. I mean, he just watched reruns, reruns of Sesame Street. Jacob was a hunter. He was skilled. He had knives. He, he had axes, a axe and swords. So, so his father Isaac, while he was dying in his deathbed, said, watch this, this is the timing, the, explaining the timing of why a man wrestled with him. And he said, hey, son, I'm about to die. Go out and get the best food for me out in the field and go ahead and kill it and make it for me so that I can eat and die. And I'm going to bless you. He's like, I got you. And he's like, okay, my whole generation from this day forward is going to be set. Watch. And I'm going to go. So he went. But watch this. This is how I know certain symptoms that we deal with are passed down by your family. Because Rebecca initiated the deception. Her mother, his mother, was a deceiver. And his uncle Laban was a deceiver of the deceivers. He was the con who conned the con. Because I'll explain that. Because what happened is Rebecca said, hey, I heard your dad say that there's a special blessing coming on Esau. But here's what we're going to do. He's hairy. So the way to fool him and you get the blessing is that, watch, while he's away, get, I'm going to get some goat skin. I'm going to cut the, this is kind of gross, but it happened. I'm going to get cut goat skin and leave the hair on it. I'm going to paste it to your hands and to the smooth part of your neck. And then I'm going to get Esau, your oldest brother's favorite clothing from the tent closet. That was supposed to be a joke, but it's okay. And I'm going to put his garment on you so that you could smell like, what well, deception. You could smell like Esau, then you feel like Esau. Now watch, this is key. Watch this. 21 odd years before, look at how Jacob was deceived even in his own name. Watch this. Look at, real quick, look at Genesis. Are you getting something this morning? We're actually doing good on time. Look at this. Look at, look at Genesis chapter 27, verse 19. He comes to, he co Jacob comes dressed in Esau's clothes with, can you imagine that? That, that grossness that you have, like, goat skin attached to your neck to make yourself furry so that you could appear to a, a, a godly man whose eyes are going dim, that you're another person and that you're not really that person. Look, look. Jacob said, hey, who are, watch this, watch this, identity. Who are you? This is 20, 21 odd years before the wrestling match, okay? This is about five chapters before. Hey, who are you? Watch what it says. I am, look at this, Esau. He didn't say I'm Jacob. He goes, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit, 
and eat of my game. That's food for those of you who don't know that Old Testament uh, language. It's not game like kicking it to a girl, you know what I mean? That's how, you know, we do it. I got I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to prove my game. Eat of my food that your soul, that your soul may bless me. Look, now look at verse 21. Look at verse 21. Isaac said to Jacob, please come near. Here's the test. That I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, and he left him and said, it's the voice of Jacob, but the hands are of Esau. Watch this. Watch this. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hand. I could preach for an hour of that. We could, we could spend so much time trying to be someone else that not even the people that are close to you could recognize you anymore. And he did not recognize him because he had the fur and he was pretending to be somebody else. So he blessed him. So he blessed him. And you know what happens after that uh, for, for sake of time? Right after he blessed him, he's like, I got it. I got the final blessing, and it couldn't be reversed. He slips out the tent. Moments later, Esau goes, I just got your stuff, and I killed it. I killed it. And he's like, uh-oh. Isaac's like, oh, my gosh. I just blessed the wrong person, but I can't take it back. It's just like the father. Whatever comes out of his mouth, the Bible says it, not, it shall not return back to him void. So no, now watch. Now this is key. Now this is key. This is key. Are you ready for this? That set a perpetual motion for Jacob to flee for his life for the next 20-something years, looking at it over his back constantly. Could you imagine? Because the hunter now came and found out that his, his blessing was stolen. He was weeping. He said, when my father dies, I'm going to kill Jacob. Jacob, my mama's boy, started running. And he, he ran for his life. And guess what happened? Watch this. I'm going to say something very powerful here. His nature caught up to him. You know why? Because he ran away trying to look for escape, and he ran into his uncle Laban. And his uncle Laban's like, you want, you want my, my, my daughters for your wife? Work seven years. Work seven years. He goes, that's not enough. I tricked you. Now I want you to, to, to serve another seven years for that other one. So he worked another seven years. He ran into a family bondage of deception. He was operating in a, a, a family hereditary thing about, okay, his mom told him to trick, to be a trickster. His mom named him a trickster. And when he's running away from Esau, the con started conning the con. The deceiver started deceiving the deceiver. For 21 years, he changed, the Bible says he changed his wages 10 times. 10 times. So now he, watch this, he's reaping what he's sowing. See, don't think just because you're called by God. Oh, that's good. Lord, thank you. Just because you're called by God that you're not going to reap consequences for your actions. Jacob was called by God, but he had to suffer because of the deception that he caused people and the things that he inflicted on people. So watch this. 21 years later, he's running for his life. He's basically worked 14 years being tricked, and 20, a total of 21 years, to try to get the right changes. He finally got the wife of his dreams after being tricked for over 21 years, and then he finds out that Esau knows where he's at and that he's going to go meet him. So all, watch this. All these emotions, fear, resentment, anger, pain. And then the Bible says, at the height of all these emotions, as he is about to cross over Jabbok, 
and meet Jacob for the first time. Can you imagine that? Imagine having a brother that's been trying to kill you and you meet them for the first time in 21 years and you have not talked for 21 years. You fear for your life. All these emotions are coming. God says, it's time. Everyone leave that's been used to getting credit for his deliverance. Leave over there. Jacob, it's time. There's fear in you. There's insecurity in you. There's rage in you. There's anger in you. And you're about to meet your brother, and you've just been tricked. But I am going to wrestle you so that you could be dependent on me and learn how to surrender. Learn. Everyone says, I will surrender. Be ready to have pain. Because surrender is a crucifixion of your flesh to go against the grain of what you want to do and do what he wants to do. That's why in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's, he's crying with drops of blood. And he's like, if it's possible, pass this cup from me. He says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Now watch this. Here's the key to everything. After the wrestling match, are you ready? I just got up on stage and came down again. It's okay. You can tell I'm excited when I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> I just went up and went down again. Listen, watch, watch. I'm closing. He's wrestling with Jacob. 21 years later, his father said, what's your name? And he said, Esau. Now, 21 years later, he's wrestling. Breaks his hip so he can be dependent. He goes, now, what's your name? Are you ready? My name, after this, after this wrestling match, after this, this tug of war in my heart, I feel a difference, and I'm just going to come clean. I'm Jacob. Look at that verse. Put that verse up there at the end of Genesis chapter uh, uh, 32 again. I believe it's verse 24. Look at the, the beginning scripture that I read. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled through the breaking of day, 25, he saw that he did not prevail against him. And he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Watch. So he said, what's your name? This time, after 21 years, said, I am that person. I am that broken one. I am that. This, I, I, I've admitted, here I am, Lord. I, I, here I am with all my weaknesses. And now watch, when he finally admitted who he was, Look at what God says. Your name shall no longer be Jacob. It took 21 years for you to realize that I've been trying to get a change of character in you. And you finally admitted your weakness. You finally admitted your nature. You allowed me to work in you. Now I say you're no longer a deceiver. You're no longer a supplanter. You're no longer a con man. You are Israel. You are Israel because you, you allowed me to wrestle the painful issues of your life. Fear and anger and torment and pain. And you prevailed because you instinctively knew, oh my gosh, this hurts. But I can't let you go unless you bless me. It was God that initiated the wrestling match, yet it was Jacob that, that said, don't go. I mean, if someone picks a fight with me and he's winning, I'm going to say, leave, bro. But while he's getting beat down, he's like, oh my gosh, this, this, this feeling is foreign. But it's taken out this rage. It's taken out this pain. It's taken out this turmoil. 
and I need this. And it caused humility to be birthed in him. Now watch this. I'm closing with this. If you study scripture, well, I'm going to shout. I've already shouted like 10 times already, but do you realize this is key? Watch this. You would think that God from their point, that point forward would call Jacob Israel all the time, but he doesn't. If you look at scripture, after that wrestling match, are you ready? After that wrestling match with Jacob, there's sometimes he says, I'm the, uh, I'm the God of, of, of Jacob. And sometimes he's uh, uh, Israel, then he says, just God of, of Jacob. Why? And the most rewarding thing that I saw was when God was introducing himself for the first time to Moses. Get that last scripture up in, I don't know what scripture I gave you. In Exodus 3, verse 15. Look at this, verse, verse 13. When God introduced himself to Moses for the first time, you know what he says? He says, he said, I want you to, to deliver the children of, of Israel out of Egypt. And look at what Moses said. Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? This is way after Jacob was born, after the name changed. You would think God would say, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. He says, go back to the, the verse 13, Zach. And then God, your fathers, he says, how would I know the God of your fathers sent me to you? And they say to me, what is his name, the Lord's name? What shall I say to them? Watch this. Look at verse 14. And God said, Moses, this is how you uh, introduce me. I am who I am. And he said, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Watch this. Watch this. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel how I want my name to be known forever. Are you ready? I am the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. The God of Jacob. I'm not just the God of your victories. I'm the God of your struggles. I'm not just the God of your, of your happy times. I'm the, I'm the God of your shaping times. I'm not just the God of your, of your freedom. I'm the God that brought you out of freedom. Because listen, he named himself the God of Abraham. Look at what he says. And he says, this will be my name forever. Forever. That's right. That weak Jacob, that messed up Jacob, that is you. And he's inviting you to a wrestling match with him. If, if you have pain this morning, he's wanting you to go by yourself and stop getting away with the crowd and start being by yourself so stop can work character on you. Come on, say amen. Stand up on your feet, everyone, right now. Come on, stand up on your Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.